0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto Experts. To the end zone. It's Oh my goodness. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Yes. It's for a touchdown! You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. Oh. Oh.
1: Here, the Roto Experts on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Week two has begun. Signs of preseason everywhere, including new articles daily on the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package on RotoExperts.com. Enter the King at checkout for a special discount. Good morning. I am Scott Engel, the managing director of rotoexperts.com. I am the king. I am fantasy. Uh, Joined to finish out this week, uh, Dane Martinez on vacation by my good friend George, the answer expert, Kurtz. George, how are you this morning? Three preseason football games in the books now.
2: Well, that's what morning's become at the preseason game, Scott. Checking to make sure none of the plays I've already drafted got hurt and is out long term. And it looks like last night uh, nobody was hurt all that bad, as far as fantasy is concerned.
1: Well, uh, you know, we, we'll find out on Samadja Pirine, but I guess you didn't draft him. You know, he did suffer an ankle injury last night. I don't think night. anybody
2: drafted so, Samadja Pirine.
1: Well, people are starting to draft him, you know, maybe like the 9th, 10th round, with, uh, or the 9th to 11th round, you know, thinking maybe he has a chance to, you know, win this job uh, in Washington. He did have a 30-yard run, uh, actually, before he hurt himself. Or hurt himself on the end of the run.
2: Yeah, even if I did draft here, he's not the, player, the kind of player I'm worried about somebody getting hurt. I think, well, actually, the most interesting injury last night might have been Nick Foles, although that seems to be a very minor one, but that could affect you drafting Carson Wentz if you want to grab Foles later. If they are both going to be out, that would be a headache.
1: Yeah, it's uh, nothing major, though, like you said last night, uh, but some very interesting performances, no doubt.
2: Yeah, uh, that's what preseason's for. I, all I care about in preseason, really, is uh, as a Cowboy fan, the Cowboys getting up. And as my, uh, my fantasy fan, my fantasy player's getting up and uh, healthy. Uh, I like to watch uh, players coming back from injury, make sure they look good there. Other than that, eh, I don't really care about the totals. Guys battling for jobs, another plus thing I kind of like. Guys switching positions, see how they look. Uh, but preseason, I don't put a whole lot of stock in it.
1: Yeah, and some people totally ignore the preseason, but the preseason's not worthless.
2: No, what is it, uh, I think it a Mark Stur- Slayer would like to say, the, uh, the games don't count, but they do matter.
1: Yeah, they, they certainly do, and the players, you know, a lot of them, you know, especially if they're trying to make a team, you know, will tell people, you know, I'm going to go full blast, you know, I'm not going to worry about an injury, especially if I'm fighting, fighting for a job.
2: Well, you know, that's something you know. Our players believe in a lot, right? If you if you're not going full blast, that's when you get hurt. You know, when you are going three quarters and you're not taking it seriously because it doesn't matter, that's when you suffer the injury.
1: Yeah, uh, but, but you know that that's football. It's an incredibly violent game, and that's why I think uh, I I think you know that's uh, I I think that's uh, you know why we admire them so much.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of us like to bitch about the money these uh, pro- professional athletes make. But it's hard to complain about a football player's money. A, they don't have the, as anyway near as long a career as some of the other sports. And B, it's just you mentioned violent. It's a whole bunch of car collisions every game. Their quality of life, uh, not for everybody, for a good portion of these players though, the qual their quality of life will be significantly reduced.
1: Yes, and uh, you know that's. I guess it's a conversation for another day. Uh, you know, we're going to talk football today. Uh, but you know, but how about the, how about those Mets? Scoring 24 runs yesterday.
2: Yeah, right. Think, uh, they're the first team, and I forget how long to uh, give up at least 24 and score at least 24 in a season. I I saw so That stat yesterday something you don't see every day. Uh, you know, the player pitching, uh, the positional player pitching thing is getting a little old. We're seeing it a lot. And Kingery yesterday, just I mean, they're lobbing the ball up there. I mean, come on, at least try to get these guys out. We're throwing lobs, and you know, with Dave LaRo- LaRoche, the lob time after time after time, it's getting old.
1: Yeah, it is uh, you know, the whole Ronald Acuna Jr. thing too, generating a lot of buzz on social media. Uh, you know the hit, the whole thing with him getting hit by Jose Urena. Uh How do you not see that as not intentional? He hit home with three straight times. You know against Miami.
2: Of course, it was intentional. I don't think there's any doubt it was that it, well, it was intentional. I mean, should he be? How long? I, I think that should be gotten, gotten rid of. You know, uh, the, the idea of hitting somebody on purpose because uh, you know, he's hot. I, I, fi- I forget who it was. It might have been Buster on the ESPN who said it's the equivalent of uh, if Jacob DeGrom is pitching a no-hitter, somebody going out there with a bat and hitting him. You know, and it's, he's got a point. It, it's silly at, at this point in uh, the sport uh, to keep this up here. And the way to stop it is six games, really? That's what you're spending him for? Six games? He'll appeal, and they'll wait until he can really not miss a start and they have days off. You know, and then it, doesn't, it won't matter to the team. So is the, uh, is the suspension all about the money? Because it makes the Major League baseball knows that, that he won't, he won't miss a start. So is the suspension only about the money? Is that why they are giving him six games because the equivalent? Or are they worried, well, if we give him 15 games, what are we going to give a batter who does something stupid? You know, a pitcher, 15, even 15 games, is still only going to miss at most three starts, probably just two. But we give it to a batter for an equivalent, well, he's missing 15 games. So I think baseball's stuck in that conundrum too. But if you want this stuff to stop, baseball can stop it. Suspend them 15, 20, 30 games. You'll end this practice.
1: Yeah, and uh you know there's a sign that football is everywhere because major league baseball's but players are playing fantasy football. In fact, uh if you want to play fantasy football for charity, uh the first of uh several Charity fantasy football drafts uh, involving Major League Baseball players—you can play with them. The Yankees with CC Sabathia kicks off this morning uh, near the stadium. Uh, check it out at BigLeagueImpact.org. That's BigLeagueImpact.org. Uh, you know, fantasy football for uh, a great cause. And uh, you know, last night, did, did you play DFS uh, preseason football? No, no. I mean, I'm not saying
2: I, I, I never would. Uh, if there was a night with a whole bunch of games and I was home and I had nothing else to do, I could see myself doing it, but I never have. Cause that's really a guessing game, man. Uh, I, I can't I can't put myself to do it. I think, uh, it's also in the back of my head, am I a degenerate if I'm doing this, if I'm playing DFS fantasy football? So I think that stopped me as well. But as said, it's not a, something I definitely wouldn't do, but it would have to be under the right circumstances.
1: Yeah, because if you played pre- preseason fantasy football last night, and you had uh, Packers involved uh, it it was it was a scoring fest. We had uh we had 85 points scored in the Packers Steelers game, 30 uh last night and uh, 51 points from the Packers. We only saw Aaron Rodgers briefly. He was two for four for 35 yards with a touchdown, but the touchdown went to Jimmy Graham, and Jimmy Graham was uh he was he was in last season's midseason form. Uh, one catch for eight yards and a touchdown, did his first Lambeau leap, you know, was uh, screaming and yelling like he often does when he scored a touchdown. Uh, I guess Jimmy Graham was like the equivalent of a goal line back here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is really not used to throwing to the tight end uh, when he's in the red zone for most of his career, but he's never had a big, big weapon like Graham who basically last year with Seattle when he scored 10 touchdowns would just post people up you know, use his former basketball player frame there. Uh, can Jimmy Graham really have much different of a season than he had last year? You know, outside the twenties, uh, wasn't very effective. We didn't see him. Rodgers throwing, really looking for him outside the twenties at all last night. But when he got in the red zone, he looked for Graham. There, there's some uh, fantasy analysts out here who think Graham could rebound from his uh, his low yardage numbers. And reception numbers in Seattle last year because he's playing with Rodgers, who's arguably the best quarterback in football. Uh, some people in New England may not may feel differently, but yeah, you know, how much do you see Jimmy Graham boosting his numbers from last year? I I don't see it a whole lot. You know, you know the guy drops balls when he takes hits, etc. You know, he's not the most physical tight end, even though he's very big. Yeah, I,
2: I gotta agree with you here. I don't know if his numbers are gonna, you know, go up dramatically. Uh, Seattle threw the ball a lot last year. I understand a lot of it wasn't uh, maybe planned throws. Since Russell wasn't uh, running around back there making a play, but still, it wasn't like Seattle had a plethora of great wide receivers for uh, for Russell to throw to. It was pretty much Jimmy Graham, Doug Baldwin, you know. So, and his numbers, his numbers really haven't been that great since his New Orleans days. Uh, with uh, with Drew Brees, injuries have taken a factor there. I think you're looking at probably double-digit touchdowns again, or really close to it. You know, that's it is what he does well. You mentioned the the post up, the going up for the jump ball in the end zone. It's what he it's what he is. What he does, he really hasn't been a 20 to 20 player since 2014. So I, like I said, this goes to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he had 57 catches last year, 65 the year before. If you want to put him at 65 again, I'm okay with that. You know, but rankings wise, I could see him being seventh. You know, Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, Ertz we, know, we know those guys are over him. Olsen, Walker, Engram, Rudolph seem to be, and Graham seem to be in that next group of how you want to uh, how you want to rank them with uh, Olsen and, and really Engram at the top of that. And Walker's getting a lot of love. You know, do you want? are we downgrading uh, Rudolph? And if you are, why? Isn't he the safer player here? How much do you want touchdowns this is really what it comes down to. And uh, I think Jimmy Graham, I have him safely at eight. It's where I like him.
1: Yeah, uh eight is kinda lower than some other people. Uh a, a lot of a lot of people are ranking him top five, you know, maybe that's based base more on uh you know reputation and anything, but of course, you know, Graham's gonna be worth more in a in a standard than he is in a PPR. Would you rank him higher in a standard?
2: Yes, I would. Because I think those ten touchdowns are coming. And it wouldn't shock me with twelve. It wouldn't shock me at all. We know well Green Bay Loves to throw. One thing about Aaron Rodgers, he has no problem doing the old Tom Brady and throwing the ball from the one-yard line, you know, where they just fake it and play fake, and all of it's a quick throw touchdown. You know, always great for fantasy numbers. uh, Frustrates the running backs there in Green Bay who can't get those plunges. Uh, I would uh, raise him, I mean, in a standard. I would put him over over Rudolph. Might put him above Walker as well, so I could see him being top six. So I might raise him a spot or two.
1: Yeah, a lot of people do have him top five, though. Uh, the Sean Kaiser is having a good preseason, seven for 12, 149 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Brett Hundley was six for nine for 77 yards. Uh, the Hundley was not very impressive last year. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't stay healthy, uh, you know, maybe Kaiser can end up being the backup there. Something to remember for depth of you in a two quarterback league.
2: Depends how you look at it. In most two quarterback leagues, you're not taking a pure backup. That's not very good. Uh, and, you know, I understand if you have Aaron Rodgers, you want him because now you really got to take four quarterbacks. Maybe you want to
1: handcuff him in a two-quarterback
2: league. But that, that's the problem. Now you've got to take four quarterbacks. you already got to take two at your starting. You, you want a third if possible. Now, not everybody. It depends on what size league. You're in a 10-team league. You should be able to get a third. A 12-team league, you may not be able to get a third. You know, obviously, do the math here. 32 teams, 12 teams, times 2, 24. There's going to be four, at least four teams shut out of a starting quarterback. And so taking the back to Rodgers, Rodgers, Hundley, who's not very good. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense to waste another bench spot
1: for that. Yeah, it so might that be because of anyway. He's had a pretty good preseason. Jamal Williams has two carries for two yards and had to leave this game with an ankle injury. He uh, said it was minor, so Ty Montgomery getting four carries for 10 yards. We'll have to keep him watching that Jamal Williams news. Uh, we saw Devontae Adams with a, with one catch. For 27 yards, it was really a catch and run. Uh, but you know, none of the other guys that we really have talked about, like Geronimo Allison, Geronimo Allison, et cetera, really have stepped up. You know, to show us what they can do as a number two wide receiver. I believe Randall Cobb just got one target last night. So uh, we'll have to continue to wait and see that play out. Uh, Geronimo Allison last night only one target, and uh, Randall Cobb only one target, but. They're pretty much penciled in as the top three in the passing game for Green Bay. But we all know Randall Cobb can't stay healthy, George.
2: It's not even the health. It's, his numbers haven't been all that great. With or without uh, Aaron Rodgers the past couple of years. You know, you know, once again, you're paying for a name here. Uh, Cobb, I'm not saying I'm not going to have him, Scott. If he's around late as a reserve guy, I'll have him. But I don't want him starting for me. I, I just don't want it. I mean, He's only 27, but he seems like he's older and he's playing older. Even with Aaron Rodgers, he's just not the same back now. Maybe Jordy Nelson not being there gives him more targets, and it'll be better. But last, yeah, last two years, 60 and 66 uh, receptions, 610, 653 yards, four touchdowns each year. He's getting around 80, 88 targets. You know, so I'm not, I'm not paying for this. I'm not assuming there's a big, uh, a big season coming at like 2014, where he had 91, 12, 37, and 12. You know, I don't, uh, I'm not going to pay for that. I'm not going to pay that price. He's available late, reserve. I'm fine with it, but I don't want for, uh, for me anymore.
1: Last night, Mason Rudolph uh, getting the start for Pittsburgh, 5-12, 47 yards, a touchdown and an interception. It was a pick six. Uh, you know, if Rudolph is really only a concern if you're in dynasty leagues at all. Uh, The pick six was definitely a learning moment. James Conner, five carries for 57 yards and a touchdown with a long run of 26 yards. Uh, If you're in a dynasty league, you want to remember this name. I'm sure he's rostered in just about every dynasty league uh, because who knows if Le'Veon Bell is going to be a stealer, uh, you know, for too many more years.
2: Oh, I think they're going to run Bell into the ground this year. You 400-plus know, touches, I think, is coming here because I don't think they expect Bell to be there next year. Although we could play the uh, the, the franchise tag game again all over. But, uh, yeah, he is a name to remember in, uh, in Dynasty Leagues, uh, which I play in a couple. They're, they're fun. Uh, but one piece of advice I'll give for Dynasty Leagues. If, you, if you're starting a new Dynasty draft, let's say this weekend, next weekend, whatever it might be, a new league, draft to win this year. Worry about next year, next year. The most important thing is I played in Dynasty Leagues before. I'm talking industry expert dynasty leagues, and they still don't last. The league gets canceled to two, three years. Don't play for three years down the line. Play for now.
1: Yeah, you have to hold on to James Conner, though, for sure. If you're in a dynasty league, you know, maybe you start getting some trade offers. But you look into the future. You know, my dynasty league has a practice squad. Uh, You know, great guy to put on the practice squad. James Washington. Five catches for 114 yards and two touchdowns, with a long of 54. Playing against the second teamers, but uh, you know James Washington really showed out last night uh, in his second preseason game. Uh, this is a guy that's ticketed for the Martavis Bryant role and maybe become a maybe a number three fantasy number three receiver on an NFL team that become can become very fantasy relevant. Uh, yeah, and certainly increased his stock last night with the five catches on seven targets.
2: Yeah, we talked about him yesterday. He's a nice guy, and it's annoying now because his name's getting out there too much. So you may not be able to take him with that last-round pick, you know, before the kickers and defense, just as a dartboard throw. I think you know, you're going to have to grab him a couple of rounds earlier because you're right, he could be in that Martavis Bryant role. He looks really good. I mean, really good uh, so far. And Ben even played him up there during the week. Where ben talked about it, and by the way, Ben cleared concussion protocol, uh, protocol, so if anybody's worried about that, no need to be. So, uh, I'd like to, to me, Scott. That was annoying. I have two home league drafts coming this weekend, one Sunday and well, one Monday, I guess next week. And uh, I'd like to get Washington, but now I may have to pay a higher price for him.
1: Yeah, and interesting because uh, you know, listening to the broadcast last night. Uh, James Lofton, the color guy for the Packers, compared him to Chris Chambers, and uh, you know Chris Chambers had some good years for the Dolphins. You know, in the last decade, uh, was a big receiver, uh, you know, who could catch touchdowns. But it seems like Washington has more downfield gear, though. But you know, a big receiver who can make that leaping catch, grab that 50-50 ball, but also has some downfield gear.
2: Yeah, he. he I said he looks good. It's, uh, they, if they didn't have Smith-Schuster there and Antonio Brown, I'd be much happier here about him starting. Uh, because I think I he think get the job done. I do. And once again, just like Smith-Schuster, defense is going to worry about Brown. They're going to worry about Bell. You know, so Washington and Smith-Schuster sort of fall between the cracks here. They're never going to see top defensive coverage. You know, Washington may have to draw a safety over the top. Maybe there's a lot of cover, two coming in Pitt, uh, against Pittsburgh this year to make sure uh, these guys can't get beyond the corners. I just, it's another weapon here. I, I like Washington a whole lot. I mean, I think he'll be, obviously he'll be better in the future than he probably will be this year. But Dynasty League, Keeper Leagues, he's somebody I am certainly paying attention to. He's actually highlighted
1: on my ranking sheets. 844-843-6879, the number to call with all your fantasy football questions at any time. It's 844-843-6879, which is also 844 fntsy and, uh, you know, if you're local here in the New York area, you know, don't forget that you can get together with myself, George, Corey Parson, and Joe Galena, uh, the enter expert, the fantasy executive, the fantasy Jesus at the King, uh, next Friday night. Uh, at Empire City Casino for the New York Daily News Fantasy Draft Party, uh, we'll be joined by former NFL quarterback Chris Sims. Uh, we'll be we'll be uh, doing some panel discussions, taking your questions, giving some answers. Uh, you can come and draft with your league, uh, and also watch some preseason football with us. That's NYDailyNews.com dot com slash fantasy draft party. dot com slash fantasy draft party. Make sure you check it out and. uh Lowest scoring game last night between the Jets and the Redskins, 15 to 13. Uh, Washington getting the win there. Some interesting storylines there. Uh, you know, Alex Smith looks sharp, four for six for 48 yards. Uh, looks pretty comfortable, and also had a uh, had a completion of Vernon Davis last night of uh, 16 yards on one target. You know, those two guys they play together before in uh, San Francisco for a few years, and if Jordan Reed can't stay healthy, you know, Vernon Davis, you know, certainly has some fantasy appeal, you know, somebody you can't forget about.
2: Agreed. Agreed. The the problem is Reed is there, and Reed looks good now, but he'll get hurt eventually. Jordan Reed, he's a problem in fantasy, because once again, Scott, he's another one of these players. If you could guarantee me 14 games, I'm I'm not even asking 16, 14 games out of Jordan Reed, he's a top five tight end. Easy. He's only 16. He's probably top three. Uh, but he's going to be an injury concern, and those injuries, what's uh, upsetting about Reed or annoying about Reed, is that, yes, he'll be active at 1130 on Sundays. Oh, he's active, but he only plays a quarter, or he's not full, anywhere near full speed. It's just a dud. And it's, people say, oh, just, just draft Vernon Davis. You don't know, use him, but you don't know. You sort of choose. Both are going to play. It sounds like Reed's going to be inactive, which, okay, it's easy to go to Davis. Both are going to play. So if I'm drafting Jordan Reed, which I, I haven't done any league, now I have to get another tight end, another non-Washington tight end. You only want Vernon Davis when Reed goes out. Not for when he's questionable iffy. If I get questionable iffy from Jordan Reed, I tend to just automatically go away from him. But once again, another valuable roster spot or valuable bench spot on a backup tight end, which I hate to do.
1: There are some, some fantasy players who just they chase... The memories, it's Jordan Reed in 2015 was actually a more productive fantasy tight end than Rob Gronkowski when he had 87 catches for 952 yards and 11 touchdowns. But it seems like, you know, one really outstanding year that everybody is chasing it with Jordan Reed. Well, they're looking for the high, uh, you know, the high
2: end, the ceiling. Oh, he's going to be great. This is going to be the year he plays 16 games. Yeah, we all see what Alex Smith does with Travis Kelsey. He's going to do the same thing with Jordan Reed. The problem is, I don't mind drafting one guy like this, but if you draft three, four guys who are injury-prone, pro- injury what are you going to do when these injuries happen? There's a reason why they're injury-prone. They get hurt every year. And As much as I want Scott Engel to guarantee me 14 games, you can't. It may be eight games. It may be play, he starts eight, finishes six, You know, misses another six. It's it's his history. It's just he's extremely frustrated because the talent is there. We know it's there, but you also know he's going to get hurt. He's the player that I go when he gets hurt. You have no one to blame but yourself.
1: Are we also chasing 2015 with Sammy Watkins? Uh, That year he had 1047 yards and nine touchdowns. You know, the, the rookie year was promising, but you know the last two years injuries. Last year when he was healthy, only. He played, he played 15 games, 39 catches for 593 yards. I feel like with Sammy Watkins, it's almost like we're going to be chasing 2015 as well. And you know, some people just look at the talent with Sammy Watkins, and I think he'll be a better NFL player than a fantasy player this year.
2: I would agree. Another player that won't be on any or many of my teams at all. I mean, rookie quarter, for all intents and purposes, a rookie quarterback. Mahomes has started one game. He runs a lot of the same routes that Hill runs. I mean, I know they're trying to t- turn Watkins into a more well-rounded receiver, but I don't know how much that's going to work. I think Mahomes are going to target Kelsey a whole lot. I think Hill is now your second look to see if he's blowing past that defender, which, which leaves Watkins more of an afterthought. Plus, I don't think they're going to forget about Kareem Hunt this year and all of a sudden for six games in the middle of the season stop running him the ball. So uh, I think oh, it's if the value's there, I would take him, Scott. But you, you, I think you put it right. I'm not paying for that name either.
1: If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps and if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No longer deal, no, no no more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag and the promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups The Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag promo code FNTSY. Mybookie.ag promo code FNTSY. Lots more to come this morning uh, with three preseason games. We're going to talk more about uh, the running back situation in Washington next and also the quarterback situation in New Jersey involving uh, the New York Jets. A little bit of a, a less inspiring performance from uh, rookie Sam Darnold last night, but still some things to see. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, a lot of people talking about him as well. So we'll update you on all of that and what what it means for your fantasy teams. And, of course, down the line we'll be previewing uh, tonight's games in NFL preseason and what what it means for you. All that, lots more to come. You're listening to the Roto Experts on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com is putting more than $25,000 on the line for its subscribers this NFL season. Entering paid contests on FanDuel and bringing you along for the free roll. Have the chance to win big this year along with SportsGrid CEO Jeremy Stein, one of the only men to have won two separate $1 million prizes. Each week we'll select lucky subscribers to sweat with us and split... 50% 50% of the profits, no profits that week, no worries. Your name will to get tossed back into the hat the following week. Head to dailyrodo.com/ sweat and learn how to get in on the action and your share of $25,000 in action. That's DailyRoto.com sweat, Dailyrodo.com sweat. Alright, uh you're listening to the Roto Experts with Scott Engel and George Kurtz, 844-843-6879, the number to call for all your fantasy football questions, that's 844-843-6879, we'll take them in just a few minutes, but... Uh, Getting back to Washington, like we admit, we told you, Samadja P. Ryan with a thirty-yard run, which it seemed he, he got injured on his, his ankle, and uh, running with the second teamers last night. You know that's not something that uh, P. Ryan can afford to do is get injured. Of course, it's not his fault. Very violent game, like we said. You know, happens all, happens all the time here. But uh, Rob Kelly, seven carries for seventeen yards with a long of four, but it was more inspiring as to what seeing what he could do in the passing game uh last night which uh he had a he had a thirteen a yard catch and run and nearly caught another pass. Uh right now you you gotta look at Kelly just from the eyeball test. Everybody's saying he went from fat Rob to fit Rob. Uh and you know this is an offensive line that's not outstanding and you have to runners have to create their own running room behind this sort of line. It seems like Rob Kelly is better fit for that. Uh you know Rob Kelly you know, with a decent performance last night, and uh, with P. Piran for the injury, right? at least right now, Kelly looks like he's in the lead.
2: Yeah, uh, we mentioned him yesterday as well. Uh, even before the injury, I was, if I was drafting a Washington back, it would have been Rob Kelly. Uh, out of these two, I probably might still rather have Thompson out of all of them. Uh, just more, more of a defined role there, but I know what's going to happen. Yeah,
1: PPR, yes.
2: I'm a little surprised. I always assume PPR, Scott. <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't know how leagues you play in, yeah. but the more over I play in, standard is a rarity. You know, it's, why did uh, they even call
1: it standard anymore? Right? I I, I agree, but I guess it's, it
2: sounds nice. Standard in PPR. If you go, if you're gonna call PPR standard, what do you call? What do you call standard then? Just non-PPR? non There's PPR. Non PPR. Non PPR. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I guess that's how you got to go with it now. But uh, like I said overwhelming majority, probably ninety, ninety-five percent of the leagues I play in are going to be. Uh, have some kind of point per reception. Maybe it's a half point. I play in one idiotic league where it's actually a point for every other reception. That's not half point. It's a point for every other. No idea why they do that. I think it's cost uh, the I think it's honestly because the commissioner doesn't like halves, one point five points, six point five. He wants a whole number there. So uh, I don't know. No, no idea what's going on there. But uh, I mean, like I said we mentioned. I mentioned yesterday that a few before the injury to Darius guys, P Ryan was on the roster bubble. I mean, there was noise that he may not make the team. So I don't think just because Geis is gone it means all of a sudden he's got a, a true shot to start starting job. Maybe he's got a second chance to make the team, and I think he will make the team. Uh, the sprained ankle yesterday, they say, is not serious, so it's not the dreaded high ankle sprain. But he'll be questionable to play this week. But I think he's clearly behind Rob Kelly. I'm still a little surprised, Scott, they haven't brought in somebody else here.
1: Yeah, you know, that. look, that still may, may happen if somebody gets cut. But, you know, there's nobody who's going to get released or that, that's on the street who's really better for, uh, you know, for their purposes. I can't, I, there's nobody else to bring in unless DeMarco Murray can somehow coax him to come out of retirement.
2: Yeah, I imagine they made that phone call and Murray said, no, thank you. Uh, and maybe that's it could be a sign that Murray in, is truly indeed retired. It could also be a sign that Murray's like, well, I may not mind coming back, but I want to be for a Super Bowl team. And Washington's not that. That could be that. Uh, you know, if Murray, Murray's thinking, "Hey, if I'm going to take a beating out there and not make all that much money, as far as football money is concerned, I want to make sure it's for a team that's going has a pretty decent shot to get there." So maybe he's waiting for another injury.
1: All right, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. As always, let's go to Kenny in Philly. Kenny, good morning.
3: Hey guys, don't happy Friday, fellas. Happy Friday. You too. What's going on, Mr. Blue Line? How you doing, brother? I got, to, I got to disagree with you on the Vernon Davis thing. I think there is a, a path for a little fantasy relevance there. With uh, uh, Vernon Davis seems to run more, more or less uh, tight end routes, whereas Jordan Reed is, you know, he's pretty much a receiver at a tight end position. So. And with his, of course, with his health, I wouldn't mind taking a fly on Vernon Davis late in the draft. I mean, I don't see any harm in that. What do you, what do you think about that? What do
2: you think, George? I think Vernon Davis has fantasy relevance. I just don't want him on a team if I have Jordan Reed. I think that's my problem there. It's hard no. to uh, Jordan right. Reed uh, is this could be questionable too many times where he's going to play and Jordan Reed plays and I have both. I'm going to have to start Reed, and that's that's my problem there. Right. Vernon I have no problem on no team picking up Vernon Davis to cover when Jordan Reed's out because when Jordan Reed's out, I would want to start Vernon Davis.
3: Right, I'm sure you guys want to get to the Eagles-Patriots uh, game and you know, all, but but before you do, just two two points on that that I thought were. Somewhat alarming, and I hope this rookie that the Patriots have can run between the tackles because they have nobody to run between the tackles. And also, our guy James White shows up again, and I have no problem with taking a flyer on him in the twelfth round, especially with the uh, with the with the Nixon bruises of the other running backs in uh, in New England.
1: Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna get to that. uh... You know, with Rex Burkhead has a minor tear in his knee, so that could make yeah. James White even more useful. As far as, you know, Sony Michelle, he's just out. But actually, like, Jeremy Hill had a really good preseason opener last night. They're talking about him being more trim. Now, look, we've all talked down Jeremy Hill over the years, but coming to New England could revive somebody's career. So if you're I playing in a, in a draft where you're going, like, deeper than 16 rounds, and I'm in, like, right. the, the 19th, 20th round, I might take a flyer on Jeremy Hill, George. Right. Also, it doesn't the, bother uh, me,
2: but Hill, Hill is also banged up as well. That's why he didn't play last night.
1: Oh, he also, did get
3: two carries. He did get two carries last night. Also, Scotty, we got the we got Food City this weekend. I then did my research and everything. I, I watched the races, I'm, the Xfinity and the uh, Monster Energy. So I'm all up and I'm ready to go here. So, all, all
1: right, right guys, don't forget. Weekend. Yeah, don't forget for you NASCAR fans, the Father and Son Fantasy NASCAR Hour is back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network every Saturday. It's uh, up on demand every Saturday morning, and you can check it out on com. To get back to this Jets, uh, Jets, Jets-Redskins game, though, and of course, we'll take all your calls at 844-843-6879 at any time. Uh, On the Jets' side, Sam Darnold with a little bit more of an uneven performance than he had at home last week. 8 for 11 for 62 yards. No touchdowns and an interception. Uh, the interception was on a test pass, but he was throwing it to double coverage. But it's still, to me, overall, you know, a lot of good completions for Darnold. He's making, you know, he's standing in the pocket. He's feeling the pressure well enough. Did get sacked once to end a drive, but, you know, didn't lose the ball or didn't do what a lot of rookies did and, you know, scramble around and try to make, you know, this wacky kind of throw, Uh, you know, he knew that he had to take the sack and just make sure it didn't turn the ball over. His decision making to me is really crisp. He fits the ball into tight windows. So for me, you know, Darnold did have one interception last night, but eight of 11, uh, you know, that to me, that's still pretty good.
2: Uh, I mean, listen. Uh, eight of eleven, six, 62 yards. I believe you said that's not the greatest percentage. Five and a half yards per throw. I still think he's the the guy there. Uh, he's going to have some bad games. He's not going to. Fantasy wise, you're not going to want to draft Sam Donald. I mean, well, if you're in a two quarterback league, yes, he he might start. So therefore, he has value there. But in one quarterback league, you're not going anywhere near him. And uh, that's going to affect probably the whole team as far as the receiver is concerned. Uh, Robbie Anderson could be suspended pretty much at any moment. Uh we're waiting for that. In Terrell Pryor, I wouldn't really touch. So uh, the Jets have uh, – this is be really a long year for Jet fans, all right? But it's a year where you need to get the kinks out of Donald to get him really – it's the way I look at it with rookie quarterbacks. I want them to play a good portion of year one so they can get the kinks out, get the rust out, and be a serviceable NFL quarterback on the way to what they're going to be at a
1: career-wise in year two. And, uh, you know, look, to me, Donald is the guy that I think is going to start. Uh, You know, I said it before the preseason. uh, Think of all the rookie quarterbacks. You know, he's in the best situation. Great intangibles. uh, You know, and this team, I think, there's no reason for them to sit him as as good as he's looked so far to me in the first two games. But Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good last night. 210 for 1,527 yards. One touchdown and one interception. You know, Bridgewater's looking good. You know, the Bulls... The ball's really coming out, of his, coming, coming out of his release like it's getting, like, you know, just launched out of a shoot. You know, he's, he's got good zip on his passes. He does doing a great job of taking what the defense gives him. You know, Josh McCown is hardly played because, you know, I think the Jets are looking to the future here. Josh McCown, you know, good enough to lose with. Bridge kind of quarterback. Uh, you know, I think you have an early season quarterback controversy here in New Jersey with the New York Jets.
2: I don't know what's controversy, the Jets are pretty much going. Bowles has come out and said that the reason McCown's not playing is they know what he can do. All right, he's a veteran. He doesn't need the reps. Now, I don't know if I'd necessarily agree with that. I think everyone needs the reps, but that's what Bowles is going here. But I, I like what the Jets are doing. Give your reps to Bridgewater. Give your reps uh, to McCown. I think, Scott, if this was a team that was truly competing for a playoff spot or a Super Bowl for that matter, that Bridgewater would be your choice of quarterback because he would give you the best chance to win from day one. But because no matter who the quarterback is, you know, what what's your upside here? Six and ten? Seven and nine? If everything goes right? You know, so you're not competing for a playoff spot. So the idea is to find out where Donald is. Is he ready to uh, to start week one? Is it gonna be week four, week eight, week ten, whatever it might be? And I think I said I think the jets are doing this correctly. I think also by playing Bridgewater as much as they are. I know it's against number twos, number threes, as far as defense is concerned, but he looks fantastic. You know, maybe that draft pick that you were hoping for gets raised a round or two. Especially for a team that's looking, once again, a veteran, playoff-bound team that needs a backup quarterback. or, God forbid a quarterback gets hurt between now and the uh, end between roster cut day. Bridgewater, I think, will be moved.
1: Yeah, it, it, there's no reason to keep him around, you know, if they really feel that De Arnold is the future now. And I can see, you know, them not playing McCown. You know, it's, you know, they need to see what they have with these other two quarterbacks and. You know what you get from McCown. He's a journeyman who's good enough to lose with, who can put up pretty decent numbers in this offense. Uh, last night, Bilal Powell, two catches for 20 yards and six carries for 17 yards as Isaiah Crowell uh, continued to sit out with a concussion here. Uh, yeah, not good for Crowell for this new team to basically, although he did score a touchdown on a reception last week. But, you know, he needs the reps here. Uh, How much of a timeshare do you think it's going to be between Crowell and Powell?
2: I don't know why the Jets don't seem to like Powell. They always bring in people, uh, taking away carries from him. Not that he's a bell cow back or anything like that, but I like Bilal Powell, especially third down guy. Uh, So I think there would be somewhat of a timeshare here. I mean, Crowell would still be the guy... I want, you mentioned wide touchdown, I always uh, give the edge to those guys. But I like Powell as well. He's a guy, fantasy leagues, you know, round 12, running back, reserve running back. I don't have an issue with it. You could also look at it as, you know, if Donald is starting, you know, they tend to throw the ball to those backs out of the backfield. You know, a little short pass they know they can complete when the uh, pressure gets there. So uh, I like Powell. But once again, reserve running back late.
1: Well, Powell last year, he was a very hot fantasy topic, and he ended up being a big disappointment when he really had his chance to seize that backfield last year. To me, Powell's no more than a part-time player. I don't think he's the kind of guy that they can give a heavy workload to.
2: No, no, that's, uh, hence the reason why he's a reserve. If they're going to get a heavy workload to him, he'd be uh, up in starting uh, status or the uh, flex play. Uh, I said, I think you're, I think you're right. He's going to be a part-time player, Crowell. Crowell, the you know, concussion always concerns me for a running back because – it's like linebacker. You know, you know you're going to hit your head 40 times a game. So that's a concern already that he has one now.
1: You're, uh, we're looking at the preseason from last night here on the Roto Experts in the morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The number to call for all your fantasy football questions is 844-843-6879. It's 844-843-6879. Or hit us up at, at FNTSY Radio on Twitter. Last night, the Eagles twenty, the Patriots thirty-seven. Uh, Tom Brady playing uh, a lot of the first half last night uh, with his new helmet, which has created a lot of controversy. Nineteen of twenty-six, one hundred seventy-two yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, look, you know, looked just like Tom Brady last night. Forty-one years old, nineteen seasons, showing no signs of dropping off, even though. His uh, receiving crew a little bit more depleted in the past years. But Edelman did play last night, but... uh Nothing really to worry about with Brady here. He'd look crisp. You know, with a guy at 41 years old, sometimes you worry about, okay, uh, I worry about at any time that maybe he could drop off. We've seen him get off to slow starts in past seasons, and people all of a sudden speculate, oh, this might be the end for Tom Brady. And then all of a sudden it doesn't happen. You know, it all kicks in. Threw for over 500 yards in the Super Bowl last year. Uh you know, because you see Tom Brady is the second quarterback off the board? Uh, you know, he does come off second in many drafts.
2: Could I say it? Sure.
1: I, don't, I really don't have a problem with
2: it. Uh, I was surprised he played so much last night. You mentioned his numbers. I mean, he played. I know it's New England, so it's not a full game. those was almost full game. No, he's played almost a half. Actually, he did play a half. So that was uh, surprising to me. Uh, you know, with Bill Velichick, I always wonder what message he's trying to send here. Was well, he trying to send it to Philadelphia? You know, for losing the Super Bowl, he's t- trying to send it to Brady for not showing up to the offseason uh, practices. We so wants to give him more work. Uh, but, yeah, to answer your question, sure. And if anybody takes Brady at second, I don't really have an issue with it. Fantasy-wise, you know, as great as Tom Brady is, you know, obviously uh, the GOAT most of us believe – you know, fan, he's not always the greatest fantasy quarter. Like you mentioned, he does go up to slow starts, right? and he has problems around fantasy playoff time as well. Now, maybe that's because the games don't mean anything to England, it seems like, at that point. Divisions are already wrapped up. home field pretty close to it. So that's my only issue there about taking him. But if you feel better with Brady over Russell Wilson because of what's going on in Seattle, I'm not going to fight you.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think you know what you get from Brady, which is such the high floor wears. The Seahawks, you know, make good on their their vow to, like, run the ball more this year and have more offensive balance, which is what they wanted. You know, you might see a slight dip, actually, from Russell Wilson. I think that was the theme they wanted, you know, to use with these two running backs. Originally, people were, were thinking that, you know, Rashad Penny was going to be a three down guy, try to make him the next Marshawn Lynch, but, you know, they're very confident that Chris Carson can run the ball effectively, too, if he's healthy. Uh, also, last night, uh, we saw James White with a very good game. Four carries for 31 yards and heavily involved in the passing game. Six catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. Rex Burkhead, who dealt with knee problems last year, uh, is dealing with a minor knee tear. They said it was a regular season game that he probably could play. But I, I think minor knee tear. Every time, Anytime you hear that, I'm no doctor, and I'm certainly not Dr. A, but... You know, that, that doesn't sound good, which, you know, could bode well for James White, not that you like to see Burkhead get hurt. And, uh, you know, very, very effective in the passing game. But, of course, you can't trust him because he's New England running back.
2: Oh, uh, agreed. Uh, I, it's, it's rare I'll have a New England running back on my team because I don't want to play that game on Sundays. Uh, I do have James White because I was able to get him literally my last pick in a draft. Shocked that he was still there. actually I have to ask. He's still there. It was a live draft. So, uh, in that situation, sure. Burkhead with the knee, there are no minor tears, all right? Uh, first thing I have to go, well, minor tear means it wasn't torn in half, all right? So what percentage is torn? You know, most of us in our knees, if you played any kind of sports, you have tears in your knees. So for a professional football player, I already assume it's 30%. Now is it 50, 60? So how much likely is that to be torn now before the end of the season? Can he last the season? You know, knees don't heal all that well, especially when you're not giving it a chance to heal. He's only be practicing and playing. They mentioned, uh, he, I'm once a... That may be coach speak anyway, but that if this is a regular season game, he's probably still in there. So all this concerns me somewhat, Scott. Where I would drop in my rankings a round or two.
1: Yeah, and uh, Sony Michelle, of course, didn't play again last night, but he's going to have a significant role, like we we're talking about with Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill, six carries for thirty-one yards last night. Uh, with a long of 12, it ends up being a committee. And, you know, Burkhead's not healthy. It could be a combination of White, Michelle, and maybe Jeremy Hill near the goal line.
2: Yeah, well, it always is a committee with New England. I understand it's a little bit different. Bill Belichick doesn't care about your personal stats. Doesn't care. All he cares about is winning football games. And if he believes that this Sunday is a Jeremy Hill day, that he's the guy that gives us the best chance to win, then he's getting the carries. He's getting the star. The touches. If it's a, a James White game, then it's James White. If it's a combination of White and Burkett. That's what he'll do, and that's why it's tough to rely on Bill Belichick because he's not going with one guy. He's going with the guy that gives him the best chance to win. It's the right way to coach, but it just—it's rare that we see this in professional sports.
1: Yeah, I really think uh, you know, Belichick and McDaniel's—you uh, know—what they do is they really look at the opponent. And then you decide, you know, are we going to bang them to death or are we going to throw the ball out of the backfield? Remember when Jonas Gray had a huge game against uh, the Patriots a uh, few years ago and then he was off the team shortly right thereafter?
2: Yeah, was he late for a meeting or he missed a meeting and all of a sudden he was on the yeah. uh, milk cart and we never heard from him again. I uh, think it was a Sunday night game. He had a huge game. And then all of a sudden, like I said, he missed it. and Bill said, okay, hey, we're done with you. So uh, it's, it's so hard. To rely or count on a New England running back, I won't do it, Scott. I just will not unless the price is right and I have nothing to lose. But I don't want to rely on any of these guys to start game after game, week after week for me in fantasy. I know I'm going to get I'm going to get bitten a time or two because Bill and Josh are going to do what they want to do. It's the right way to coach. It truly is. You're playing to win the game. You're not playing for personal stats. I equate it to about closures in baseball. How sometimes the game can be won in the seventh inning. Or lost to a seventh inning, that's when your best reliever should pitch. Yet we pitch and hold these guys for the ninth inning. Where sometimes the game's over, you've already lost, so there's no go- no save to be made. Or, you know, it's you got a three-run lead and you're facing the seven, eight, and nine batters. Same thing here. Use your best players to give you the best chance to win. This is what Bill Belichick does.
1: Yes, and Cordero Patterson... Last night, four catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the touchdown on a screen pass, also on a screen pass, a 23-yard catch and run. Can Patterson make any sort of dent in this wide receiver core? To me, uh, screen passes are perfect for him because he also treats them like kick returns. But uh, I really can't see him playing much of a role here. I don't, I don't think there's too much to get excited about.
2: The only league I'm drafting Patterson in is if you're in a league where return yardage counts. You know, so punt returns, kick returns, whatever uh, special teams unit. And even then I'd be wary. But if you're in one of those leagues, sure, I might give it a shot, depending on how your rules are. Uh, generally, you don't have a, a separate slot <laughs> for a kick returner, so it's not like you get, uh, you get a draft passing for that. It's just that those yardage counts. So maybe if you're in a deeper league, 16-team league, and the return yardage counts, sure. Then I might want to give uh, Cordero Patterson a shot. Other than that, no.
1: Also, last night, Julian Edelman, four catches for 26 yards. And Chris Hogan with a uh, with a touchdown reception, five catches for 25 yards. Uh, you know Hogan, I think, is going to make a terrific fantasy wide receiver three this year.
2: Yeah, until he gets hurt. I agree. I'll, I'll judge Hogan on all my teams, but he will get banged up.
1: Hmm. So you're, you're saying Chris Hogan's injury prone.
2: I don't know if I want to put the injury prone label on him yet but he does seem to get hurt an awful lot. He's had another one of those guys who gets hurt during games where it's first quarter, oh, Hogan's out. Ugh. You know, that's the most annoying thing to me. I don't mind if you're out before the game. At least now I can make a replacement, but when you've had, you know, he has two catches for 14 yards, but he's out for the rest of the game.
1: That sounds like somebody who's injury-prone.
2: I'm not going to use that term yet. I'll give him another year before I call him that.
1: Okay. But uh, just, uh, are you just basing this on last year, though? Uh, you know, in four of his first five—in in the first four seasons, he would miss one game.
2: See, I wonder if you listen when I talk sometimes. What do I say, Scott? Gets hurt during games. So therefore, he won't technically—he play. He played the game, yes, but he only played a quarter. That's what frustrates me about it. It's a Jordan Reed thing all over again, where they get hurt during games. So I have to start this guy because he's starting, but— not give me the results I want because he doesn't finish the game. It's not like he's gonna hurt in the fourth quarter of a games where I really don't care anymore. It's always during he's a guy who gets banged up. He's a big long lanky receiver and doesn't seem to be able to avoid hits sometimes.
1: And I'm listening to everything you're saying and you make it sound like he's somebody that you worry about with injuries. I think I've said that over and over, yes. Yes, but I pointed out that he only missed one game in his first four years. Oh, my God. You just you, to hop You on didn't this. listen to me. Once again, you, you ignored he that.
2: misses time in games. Wherefore he's going to. It's on the statue. It's going to look, say he played the game. But if he got hurt in the first quarter, it doesn't help me any. Therefore, this what you're reading in is his first four years? Oh, my God. Somebody help me.
1: This happened in his first four years? Often?
2: Often enough for me to be worried about it.
1: Okay, fair enough. All right, I'll uh, I'll move on so, so you don't have to get snotty and uh, testy anymore. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's go to the to the Eagle side of things. But uh, before we do, uh, we just want to let you know that Fantasy Factor is the only exclusively single entry DFS site. They have free rolls registering all the time and great promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout for Fantasy Factor's free $1 million Survivor Contest opening about a week before NFL kickoff. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. So, uh, you know, lots more to talk about. Who do your Cowboys play this weekend?
2: They play Saturday night. Oh, they're, on, they're on the NFL Network. Uh, which I'll record the game, which is really kind of sad. But I actually do things like that. Uh Cincinnati go fan? They get Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, I do believe it's Cincinnati. Uh, I'll be interested to see the Bengals though. We're going to be talking more about that in uh in the next hour. You know, I think I think offensively, you know, going to be more up tempo. Uh, yeah, this is a regular season game, you know. I'd, I'd expect the Cowboys almost to play it like basketball where they want to like control the tempo and slow things down against a team like the Bengals. I think they want to do that against just about every team. They can't afford to get in shootouts. No, they can't. But, uh, you know, Dak Prescott saying he has a lot of confidence in the pass-catching core.
2: What's he going to say? Oh, oh These guys are terrible, man. They can't run the right routes. I got nobody who can get deep. I don't have a big-time receiver here. What am I going to do?
1: Yeah. They're not America's team anymore. That's the Patriots, but they're still darn popular. All right. We'll talk more about the Eagles and Nick Foles, the Super Bowl MVP, next. And we'll preview tonight's games here on the Roto Experts on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's for a touchdown! You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the Morning on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ah, shout it out
1: loud. We are back for another hour here on the Roto-Experts in the Morning. Scott Engel and George Kurtz. Check out George's IDP ranks and much more. And talk to him every day in our Slack chat channel. As part of the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package on RotoExperts.com. Enter the King at checkout for a special discount. More comment about preseason football this hour. George, I did some research during the break. And I love you, but I only found one instance in his first four years where Chris Hogan left the game.
2: And I'm sure during that three minute break, you were able to research
1: that thoroughly. Well, I know a website who lists complete injury history. So you know, if you want to react to last year, that's fine. But uh, one thing I will say off, on your off favorite, my head that I know he left the game. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Before last year.
2: I don't know what's before last year, Scott. It doesn't matter if it's before last year. I don't care about five years ago or three years ago. I care about what the recent history. Once again, if you're well, going by three, four know, years but, ago. That's a mistake in fantasy. That's well, a, four uh, to my, five,
1: four five years, he missed one game. So I don't know if I'm over-worried about his injury history. But I will say one thing in your favor: he didn't start playing regularly until last year. You know, he wasn't no, a featured that's guy really in my the fate. Buffalo I mean, offense. That's,
2: that's a well that may more, say more about I, Buffalo I just, than anything else.
1: I would I would no, what I'm saying is he, he didn't play as many snaps until last year, I would believe. You know, I I should go look at the player cards on rotoexperts.com. Uh they're very comprehensive. Uh they'll they'll give me a snap count, but he I just know, We right off the top of my head, he wasn't on the field as much as he was last year. But back to that Patriots Eagles game, uh Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, not looking at like it last night. Three for nine for 44 yards. And uh, left his game with a shoulder injury on a sack fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Uh, but I'm not sure if that was the same play, but uh, he, he did leave the game on a hit by Chandler Jones last night. I'd have to you know rewind that on my Xbox and see if uh, that was the same play. I know he did leave the game with it a was, shoulder it was. injury. Uh, it, Nick Foles, thank you, is... Uh, when I thought of it last night, it's just a preseason game, though. But Nick Foles throughout his career, he's he's run very hot and cold. He's almost like a poor man's Eli Manning, if you will. Eli Manning won two Super Bowl MVPs, got real hot in the postseason. And it's kind of what happened last year with Nick Foles. If Carson Wentz was to suffer another major injury and Nick Foles was running this offense for an extended period of time, uh, to me, I think he'd be like a high-end fantasy QB, too. I'd be kind of worried about him. I mean, he's kind of streaky like Eli Manning is. I might even put him a little lower with that,
2: more mid-range quarterback, too, with how deep quarterback is. I agree. I think uh, he sort of sold his soul to the devil last year. I mean, it was funny. At the end of the regular season, he was terrible. I mean, he was terrible in those games. I understand it was brutally cold. I believe it was a game uh, either Sunday or Monday night game against the Oakland Raiders where he looked bad, a uh, game against the Cowboys. He looked terrible. It was brutally cold in those games. So maybe that uh, played a part in it, but there was nothing there that was like, "Oh yeah, he's he's going to be the man for Philly; he'll lead him to a Super Bowl." Did not see that coming whatsoever. Hell, I think I might have picked him uh, against him every game uh, that they played in the playoffs. And uh, you know, it was magic to see him do what he did. Uh, what he did last season, Phil W. decided – Now we don't know what the trade offers were, but they decided not to trade him during this off season, and it made sense with Carson Wentz coming back from the knee. This shoulder injury, though, like I said it does. I mean, I don't have. I didn't draft Carson Wentz in any league, and I don't know if I will this weekend. Uh, but if I did, the idea was, well, you know what? I can draft Carson Wentz, get him in round, let's say round seven, and I can still get Nick Foles in round fourteen to cover myself week one, week two. Once Wentz proves to me he's healthy, I can release Foles, take get the next best guy off the waiver of wire. I can live with that. It's not what I want to do because I don't like wasting my valuable bench spots for someone who I know is not playing for me all the season. But I could do that to get Wentz. Now, can you? I mean, Foles, he, he's had the shoulder injury for most of camp and didn't last very long last night. You know, they're saying it's not anything significant, you know, uh, and that he feels okay, but something's wrong. So this, uh, this does hurt my chances of, uh, if I was shaky on drafting Wentz this weekend in the first place, I'm probably not doing it now.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not shaky on drafting Wentz. You know, they said that he's going to be ready for 11-on-11s here. And, you know, it's looking like he's trending towards week one. Sometimes injuries create value. We talk about this. And if a guy is injured in the moment, people want to pass on him. I think that creates value on Wentz.
2: Uh, see, I, 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 I'm not seeing him slip. I'm still seeing him go top five. He's not slipping. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's like Rashawn Penny, who now I expect to slip. You know, where where he maybe he was taking around five until the injury, and now he might go round seven, round eight, round nine. I think there will be value there. I haven't seen a Wentz slip yet, where he go, he's going, let's say behind uh, a Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins. That would be fantastic. Then I'd like that a whole lot because now you could get a round seven quarterback in round nine, round ten, and even what's the worst case scenario for Wentz? He misses two games. I think that's the worst-case scenario. He'll be back mid-September at the very earliest. And I still truly believe that he does start week one, especially now that Nick Foles isn't all that healthy. But it, uh I said, with, with how deep quarterback is, I just think if I have any question marks, I should just move on and get somebody else.
1: Also, last night in this game, uh, J.J. six carries for 23 yards with a long of 10. Dallas Goder, another good game. Three catches for 57 yards and a 28-yarder. Deuth, and uh, Zach Ertz, one catch for 20 yards. Ajayi also had a 16-yard reception. Uh, Mike Wallace, three targets no catches, uh, you know, I'm listening to the broadcast. I keep hearing the broadcasters, like, praise him and talk about how he has this deep speed, but I think he's been worthless since, pretty much since he left Miami. Uh, we thought he was going to be something in Baltimore last year. He wasn't. Uh, do you think Dallas Goder, though, that, you know, that maybe he can make some fantasy noise, especially with injuries of wide receivers, that, you know, maybe the Eagles run more two tight end sets and get Godare involved?
2: Well, oh, I think yeah, your last line said it. Uh, Jeffrey, he's on the PUP and there's, you know, the Eagles had to come out and actually defend that he's not going to, he's going to be ready for week one this week because there are reports that he could stay on PUP and miss six games. Aguilar's banged up. He's not really playing. And after that, it gets a whole bunch of uh, dicey. Matt Collins is banged up too, by the way. I think Matt Collins is a sleeper this season. I agree with you about Wallace. So yeah, I think, I think they may be forced to run two tight ends. They may not have a choice. Uh, because, once again, there's nobody else left there to play. You're going to rely on Marcus Wheaton? Good luck to you. Kamar Aiken. Yeah, that'll work out well. Uh, So, yeah, beginning of the year, I could see Goddard having some fantasy value, but he's not even covering a bye week at this point. Are you going to draft Goddard? Are you going to start Goddard? How far down did you go down your tight end list? And by you, I don't mean Scott Angle. I mean your fantasy player to where you're thinking about starting Goddard. I mean, is he uh, your second player, your second tight end? Because you drafted a Jordan Reed, you wanted a backup Tyler Eifert, you wanted a backup, and are you you be willing to start them over those guys in week one if they're healthy? Reed, and Eifert, probably not. So I'm not drafting Godere because I think he will have some value the first two weeks. This will be great during bye week, Scott, for me. I mean, fantastic way I can plug him in there. But as far as week one, week two, week three, and by that, I would assume by the end of that, you'll have this receiving core fixed. Uh you know, he won't, I don't think he'll have any value left that.
1: You're listening to the Roto Experts in the morning, Scott Engel and George Kurtz, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Number to call that's eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine and at FNTSY radio on Twitter. And uh let's take a look at tonight's games. Uh for Friday, you got five games on the schedule. We'll start with the Chiefs and the Falcons. And uh, you'll probably see more of the Chiefs' offense here. And uh, you want to see how much Sammy Watkins gets worked into the mix because you know Kelsey, you know Hill are going to be part of things here. And, uh, and you know, Mahomes, from all reports, has had an up-and-down preseason. Uh, they brought in Chad Henney as the backup quarterback. And what Beat, beat reporters said, you know, c- sort of as a player, coach, basically to teach Mahomes. And, you know, we've seen this before early in Andrew Luck's career. Matt Hasselbeck was behind him as sort of a player-coach, which uh, I think a lot of people haven't talked about. You know, Chad Henney is a a name that fantasy players or savvy NFL fans chuckle at because he's never been a good player. But sometimes these guys have more of a mind for football. They make good coaches, you know, in the future, etc. So, uh, you know, Chad Henney, you know, being there with Pat Mahomes can probably only help him. Progress and uh, you know the Chiefs, you know they're sold. They're sold on Mahomes, even though if he's 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 if he's going to be very erratic, you know they're going to open up this offense a lot for him this year. Uh, this defense has had a lot of changes, so there might be a lot of shootouts in Arrowhead Stadium this year.
2: Agreed. Um, oh, they're going to try and get in shootouts. I mean, you said it. Mahomes has been up and down. I think it's been more down so far. Once it's early yet, so maybe uh, he's still. One NFL game, Scott, one NFL game you started, it was a meaningless game. I think the, the, to assume this guy's going to pick it up right where he left, or right where Alex Smith left off, Alex Smith really gets a bad rap. You know, He's a game manager and all that. He's actually more than that. Uh, and I, I, I don't blame KC for doing what they uh, did, because I think Smith could take you as far as he could, which is brand. You know, first round, maybe second round. He's not going to win you a championship. Mahomes, bigger bigger arm, You know, bigger f- f- physical traits there. Perhaps he can be that guy. So I don't blame that at all. But this could be a, a learning year, a trying year. Uh, you mentioned the defense is not what it was. You know, it's not not that it was ever quite what Denver or what we expect uh, of you know, Jacksonville char- charges the Rams, those kinds of defense, but it was it was good. And now they may have to play higher scoring games. and may be asking more of Mahomes. And I, I don't know if I love the signing of Watkins here because he's a similar wide receiver to Hill. You know, I know, like I said, they're trying to make him a more all-around receiver where he can be a guy who can, uh, you know, run square ends, you know, get in the middle of the field rather than just running posts and flies. Uh, so I'm concerned here. You know, I think Kelsey will still be great because Mahomes will look for him a whole bunch. I don't think they'll forget about Kareem Hunt for half the season again, and they'll run the ball a lot. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, I'm not I'm not drafting him. I'm not in one-quarterback leagues. Two-quarterback leagues, I'm fine with him. But in one-quarterback leagues, I'm avoiding him. And like I said I'm not a big fan of this wide receiver core. I'm just not.
1: Yeah, I can see we can draw the pa- comparisons between Hill and Watkins, you know, both guys who who you know tear tear up tear it up downfield. But uh, I think Tyreek Hill's probably a better receiver when you talk about some of the possession routes. Although you know that's not in his wheelhouse. Uh, you know, it, I think it's a good signing for the Chiefs though because when you have like Kelsey Watkins and Hill. You can really, like, press a defense and, you know, open things up, send field receivers downfield on streaks, and open, open up the middle for Travis Kelsey or Kareem Hunt, et cetera.
2: Yeah, I, I love Hunt. I think Hunt's going to have a big year. You know, got him in a few leagues right now. And I, I, I mentioned I don't I don't know what KC was thinking last year when they went away from Hunt from, like, weeks, what, 5 to 11. It was strange. You know, as a Cowboy fan, I remember them playing the Cowboys in the second half. Hunt was on a milk carton. And I have no idea why. He had a decent first half. it's just weird. And, uh, sometimes Andy Reid forgets he has a uh, top-notch running back there. Uh, my only concern is, like I said, Hill and Watkins are similar. And Hill's a better receiver. Don't get, I'm not, when I say they're similar, NFL receivers, not fantasy. Fantasy-wise, you want Hill over Watkins. Right. But who's, uh, who's going to run those intermediate routes in the middle? You can't all be Kelsey. He needs someone to step up there. And they want that to be Watkins. And maybe it will be. You know, Watkins is not just a uh, – at least coming out. He wasn't a pure speed receiver. Now, things haven't worked out. Tyrod Taylor really couldn't get him the ball. The Rams did use him as that speed guy last, uh, last year to open things up, put the safety over the top, open up things for the running game. K- Casey already has that, so they need him to run those intermediate r- uh, routes. If he can do that and he can do it well, then my projections on him are way off. I just don't know if he can, at least not consistently.
1: Uh, on the Falcons' side, you know, I was at their first preseason game last week, and the, the offense looked really shoddy. Uh, you know, penalties couldn't move the ball, etc. Uh, Devonta Freeman didn't play. You know this has to be an opportunity for them to start unleashing Calvin Ridley tonight, showing maybe what he can do, or just get involved involved in the passing game. Uh, you know, or is it going to look shoddy again? Is Jalen Ramsey going to look right about Matt Ryan this season? Uh, I think Austin Hooper takes another step forward this year, so I'll be looking at him and Calvin Ridley tonight.
2: Calvin Ridley is somebody I'm interested in. Uh, I, l- I like the situation he's in because I like the offense. Uh, they have the strong running game. Even if Freeman goes down, you got Tevin Coleman. They'll be fine there. You have Julio Jones. We know how great he is. The only problem there, he doesn't doesn't catch touchdowns. Mohamed Sanu is a fine two or three. I, I, I just don't see how defense is going to be able to cover everybody. So they've got to pick your poison here. Do you want to take away Jones? The running game will beat you. You want to take away the running game? Jones will beat you. Either way, Ridley's an afterthought. So he's a guy that I'm going to be interested in. Once again, I don't want to spend probably value my first. I want to go double digits on him if, if possible. Once again, redraft leagues, uh, keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, I'm, I would uh, go considerably higher on him. But I think he's going to be somebody who will surprise people because it's one-on-one coverage. He has the second cornerback over and over again, assuming he can get that chemistry down with Matt Ryan. I think he's a, a player that actually could make Matt Ryan better as well because he won't be forced to throw or look Julio Jones' way over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, also take, taking a look at uh, the Giants and the Lions tonight, which kicks off at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. No Saquon Barkley tonight, uh, but you do want to get a look at, uh, you know, Eli with Odell Beckham Jr. back Uh Barkley you know, Barkley's gonna make a big difference. I don't know if we're gonna see a lot of telling signs uh from the Giants tonight. You know, all signs are pointing to Barkley uh, being ready for the regular season. Uh on Roto Expert Slack chat yesterday, somebody asked me, you know, would it be crazy to take Barkley number one overall?
0: Oh wow. I
2: mean, I like the man. Okay, I, I, I truly do. I took him at number five overall, and I did a draft. A standard league, go go figure. Uh, the only standard league I'm playing in. I took him at number five overall. The Big Four went ahead of him. Number one. I mean, come on. I, could I see you taking him over David Johnson? Sure. Okay, you don't like the Arizona offense. Uh, johnson been hurt. Not leg and uh, one knee, one wrist. Fine. Could I see you taking him over Zeke Elliott? Okay, we hate the passing game for Dallas. They're going to be, you know, ten guys in the box. They're going to bottle up Elliott. I guess I could even make the argument to take him over Bell. Bell's holding out, slow start, maybe he suffers a uh, soft tissue injury, hamstring, groin, calf, whatever it might be. I I can't take him over Gurley. What what, what argument are we going with there? One-year wonder? You know, he had a bad year, 16, good year, 17. I think he's going to have a fantastic season. uh, There's no way I could take him over Bell. I think after that... I'm pro- I could probably see it. I could see it. taking. I'm not taking him over Bella Curly. I just can't do it. Plus, he's got the hamstring injury, which, granted, I think he'll be fine for week one. But those things tend to creep up at times where maybe he doesn't recover for most of September. He plays, but he's not quite the same Barkley. So, uh, no. <laughs> you want to do it, hey, you go ahead. But uh, uh, there's no way I can really justify that. I think three is the earliest you'll get me, but I have at five.
1: And you make an interesting point, though. You know, not to stray off this game too much, but you talk about uh, defenses. You know, bringing up the safety, loading the box against Ezekiel Elliott, and you know, to me, it's like when teams did that against Adrian Peterson, it didn't matter. But the become some concerns though. Does that make you worry about more with injury with Elliot, but also it gives Elliot the opportunity to catch more passes. I don't think he's ever going to be in that range, uh, you know, where he's like a Levy on Bell or a David Johnson. But uh you know, do you worry more about injury? And you know, they're gonna they're gonna work him a lot also in the passing game, more than they did in the past, but I, I don't think he catches more than sixty passes.
2: Oh no, neither do I. I agree. I think they will work him in more but you know, Dallas, Jason Garrett, they're not the most creative of coaches. You know, when, when Des Bryant went off on his little titter, uh, titter, Twitter rant a few weeks ago. <laughs> you like that, huh? So Twitter could be a, be a yeah, new service for very,
1: you. Uh, very very, uh, interesting slip of the tongue there. What do you want to – Pornographic uh, uh, version went, of social media. That's
2: where I'm going, yeah. It's a little Titter service yeah. here. Yeah, um, yeah, I was no almost going to say – all right. Before we get uh, way off here um, – with Des when he went off on his little uh, tyrant, now he he shouldn't have said what he said because I, mean, I think that hurt him as far as getting on a new team. Now he's bringing up locker room stuff and stuff like that. But he wasn't all wrong either. You know, Dallas never moved him around. Could never find out a way to get him. Now we're going to assume they do this with Ezekiel Elliott. Are they really going to incorporate him more in the passing game? You know, and uh, one thing about Elliott, he's very good at picking up the blitz on third down, you know, in passing situations, So that, that keeps him in there, but it means he's not running routes at that time because they need him to do that. I, I just wonder, if Dallas in a lot of third and longs, which they might be, because if I'm a defensive coordinator, it's eight men in the box. Until Alan Hearns, Beasley, Terrence Williams, Michael Gallup, you know, maybe Drew is coming out of retirement, until one of these guys proves they can uh, you know, beat me deep. I'm eight men in the box. I'm stopping Zeke. I'm stopping Zeke. Someone else, I'm doing the Bill Belichick. I'm taking away your best weapon. Beat me with somebody else. And they don't have a second-best weapon. They just don't. It's a Zeke or bust. I think Dallas will run the ball uh, a truckload over and over and over again. But that's my biggest worry there, that it's going to be uh, – like I said, if I'm a defensive coordinator, Scott, I'm not letting Elliott beat me. I'm not. you got to beat me with that passing game. If you if you do, hey, more power to you. You, you worked out great. And Jason Garrett just – over and over again has not proven he can do that, that he can make adjustments. I think Dallas is going to plow to the line over and over and over again, and it's uh, they're going to have some issues here. Eight four four
1: eight four three six eight seven nine. Another call, that's eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Also, a question we have from Chris: What if you have Barkley and David Johnson in a dynasty league? Well, well what are you worried about? God bless you. Yeah.
2: You have Barkley and David Johnson. Oh, that's terrible! Oh,
1: yeah, we feel bad. For what them. do you want me to say? Any, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, you know, on the line side of the ball, you know, this is going to be a much more physical team this year. Uh Johnson with an impressive uh, see preseason opener. You look for them to continue this. And I think Kenny Galladay takes more of a step forward in the offense this year. It's, uh, I think that might cut into the production of Marvin Jones more than anybody here. Is somebody going to merge a tight end? You know, Luke Wilson had his moments in Seattle, but, you know, Russell Wilson isn't big on throwing to the tight end as much as he is his receivers. Could Luke Wilson emerge maybe as somebody as a as decent tight end too here?
2: I mean, if we're starting two tight ends, sure. Other than that, I'm not drafting Luke Wilson. He's not even in my top 20. Uh, could he emerge? Sure. I mean, he could. But it's not like Stafford's been known to throw to his tight ends a whole bunch either. Now, maybe that's because Eric Ebron was extremely disappointing and had was catching the ball. Maybe that's why uh, he didn't. But uh, I don't have much uh, much left for Luke Wilson. You mentioned Kenny Galladay. Uh, he's a guy I, I actually was kind of big on him last year. Drafted him in a few leagues. Uh, you know, four, once again, 14th round. Startboard throw. Outside of uh, maybe two games, didn't really work out there. I do worry that this will be his year. I When I say I worry, if you're a Marvin Jones owner or a Golden Tate, uh, that he, this will be his year. The deep guy over the top. One thing about Tate and Jones, Tate's the PPR guy. Jones seems to be the standard guy because he catches the touchdowns. Could Galladay be the touchdown guy? Once again, big... I'm not saying he's Megatron, but he's built like Megatron. Big target, go up and get the football. And Stafford, you did that very well with Megatron. You wonder if that's the player they're trying to develop in uh, the type of player they're trying to develop Galladay into.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah look, yeah, you know, they want to get better in the red zone. This team was uh, this team was much better in the this team is much better looking in the red zone this year with LeGarrette Blount and a guy like Galladay. This, this was one of the worst teams in the NFL in the red zone last season.
2: Which is amazing when you think about it, but I wonder if that's also because one, Ebron had, it, had his issues. Needs the big target, tight end in the red zone. Jones and Tate, Tate's not a touchdown guy. He's a little guy. You know, and Jones really isn't all that much bigger, so I wonder if that's the issue that They needed somebody. And that's why I think they want Galladay to be that guy. To be that red zone, that big target that can get there, you know, Luke Wilson, you know, you bring him up. I do wonder if he could be a touchdown guy, you know, not to the you know, except of Jimmy Graham when he has double digits. But you wonder if four to six because once again they have to use the big target as the one, the one thing they're missing. Maybe they'll try and run more of these balls in with the Garrett Blunt, you know, and try and power it in. But in the end, I think they're going to put it on the arm of Stafford.
1: Yeah, and you know, where do you have Stafford ranked right now? It's like. I almost feel like people feel like he's an unsexy uh, sort of fit yes. quarterback. Yes.
2: He's the, it seems like he's the guy you. Oh, I ended up with Stafford. Like, that's a bad thing. Yeah. He's top 10 every year. Yes, he looks ugly throwing the football. He throws from all different arm directions, throws up his back foot. I mean, he's not what, probably what you would teach your quarterback to be, but he's very good. You know, he plays a, uh, a majority of his games indoors. We all like that. You don't have to worry about weather as much. Uh, he's a guy, got, once again. If I end up with Stafford in round ten, round eleven, I'm good, because it allowed me to stock up on my wide receivers, running backs, and I got Matt Stafford, which and I'll be fine with Stafford. You know, so that that's always the, the funny thing there. But you're right, I think that you put it perfectly. He's unsexy. He's the guy you end up with, not the guy you targeted. Eight four four
1: eight four three six eight seven nine. That's eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. The Bills are at the Browns tonight. Uh it'll be it'll be Josh Allen versus uh you know versus another so It'll be the worst draft pick there. ever. Yeah, versus the best maybe. <laughs> Baker Dills Mayfield. Yeah. He, so, you know, uh, you know, Hugh look, Jackson
2: came out and said today make uh Mayfield's gonna be third on the depth chart. I I don't understand this. I truly don't.
1: Well, I think you know he's locked into Tyrod Taylor and you know, I do agree with with uh With Jalen Ramsey on Tyrod Taylor, you know, during his whole career in Buffalo... He only threw 12 inter- 16 interceptions, I think. And he looked good last week, and he's got better weaponry than he ever did in Buffalo. So, you know, why not see if the Browns can win with this guy? You know, I think this is about a 500-ball club here, but, you know, I'm looking to see uh, how Tyron Taylor performs again. He's got good weaponry out there. You know, reports are indicating that I think the, Brown- the Browns are just being careful here with Josh Gordon, and going to keep him in bubble wrap uh, until – until week one and David Njoku and catching two touchdown passes last week, certainly sending him into like top ten territory in a lot of people's rankings. But I, I believe they don't have to rush Mayfield here because I think Taylor has always been a better quarterback than people has given him credit for. I uh, wanna see another good performance for him tonight. He's in a better situation than he was in uh in Buffalo in terms of his playmakers. And it wouldn't surprise me if we see Tyrod Taylor start most or all of the season this year?
2: I agree with most of what you said. Uh, it'd be unusual. They, uh, for Tyrod Taylor to play, A, he has to play well. Not great, but well. And they have to be winning. Because as soon as they start to lose games, Baker Mayfield's in there. And that's that's the biggest worry there. Uh, because there's no point in playing Taylor anymore. And you got to get Mayfield uh, his... He's your, he's your quarterback of the future. you got to get him in there. Once again, you, you want to get rid of the, the rust, the, the rookie mistakes while he's a rookie. And not do it next year and sort of give up next year as well. Uh, I like what the Browns have done. I mean, I, I wouldn't have drafted Mayfield. I'll be honest. I would have drafted Sam Donald. I thought he was the best quarterback uh, in the draft. And I actually, if they, my thing, I know this is going back to the draft, but if I were the Browns and you wanted Baker Mayfield, no one had him really truly considered the number one quarterback. I would have drafted Barkley number one. And you had the fourth overall pick. Maybe Mayfield's there at four. You know Donald was going before then. So it's really between Mayfield, Rose, and Allen. I would have rolled the dice there. That's what I would have done. Just to see if I could have gotten the best of both worlds. But that's just me. Uh, As for the Browns, you know, you got Landry. You know, And they're lining him up some on the outside now. So they're trying to be cute and move him around. I do wonder if that's because Josh Gordon's not there. You know, that'll end once. And he goes back to... Back to the slot once Gordon shows up. Dez Bryant had his meeting. Apparently they're gonna they're gonna talk about things today. Maybe he signs there, maybe he doesn't. But I mean with Gordon and if Dez signs there, Landry's almost certainly back to the slot, which is fine. I, mean, I have no issue with that in fantasy. Uh they're an, they're an interesting team. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think their upside is eight and eight, but they're certainly gonna do they're gonna win more than zero games.
1: Yeah, I think they're about a f- a 500 ball club but they might have a parade when they win the win the first game uh, you know, get your season ticket to Fantasy Glory now with the 2018 Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package it's not just a draft kit it's a full season package it takes you from draft day to championship week in-depth analysis from some of your favorite FNTSY radio experts go to rotoexperts.com use code winner to get 10% off on the exclusive edge fantasy football package and set aside a spot on the mantle for that 2018 championship
0: trophy.
1: some funny stuff about Cole McCoy. Better than 15 NFL quarterbacks. Maybe 15 backup NFL quarterbacks. Uh, football is still around the corner, but we are still giving World Series tickets on FNTSY Sports Radio Network. This time it's to the winner of free DFS baseball contests. The contests are sponsored by DKMS. who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. And for many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. While 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their families, 70%, nearly 14,000 each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. You can find out how you can help the cause and win 2018 World Series tickets Playing free daily fantasy baseball by going to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. Your tickets to the World Series and blood cancer patients' tickets to life. And uh, our friend Steve G.S. on Twitter, uh, you know, when are we going to have a weekend Roto Expert show in the 8 a.m. with Mike Blewett and George Kurtz? Uh you guys are both on on the weekends, though. We have, uh, we have Mike Blewitt on Fantasy Sports today, and you're also on the weekends, George, as well, with Corey Parson, aren't you?
2: Yeah, Mike, just, Mike and I just aren't on together. We are on the weekends, uh, but Mike and I aren't, aren't on together. Who knows what the, the football season will bring? But Mike is on uh, with Kevin Walsh, 9 to 12 uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. I'm on with Joe Galina from 3 to 6 on Saturdays, and Corey Parson from 12 to 2 on Sundays. So we're both there, just not together.
1: Yeah, you, you can get your fill there, Steve. You know it's, uh, you know, and you also you had a great analyst like Corey and Kevin Walsh, who's very underrated. And uh, look, if that's not enough for you, there's a program called Audacity where you can listen to the shows and maybe actually like edit it to have George and Mike on together.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna be talking to Mike Blewett. Actually, immediately after the show, is Mike wants to have a conversation with me, so I will talk to Mister. I'm Mister. Night. We own a we run a fantasy team together. I'm assuming that's what it's about. So uh, I will be talking to Mr. Blue, and maybe uh, we'll see if we can do something. But that's really out of our hands. But uh, Steve, I appreciate it. I know Steve's one of our was a loyal listener to Mike and I. I believe Steve uh, goes to the gym, does a little cardio, cardio and rotor experts in the morning.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, look, you got a cult following there. That says something about you. But you know, back to the Bills and the Browns uh, from tonight. Be interested to see if it, it can be a better performance tonight for. Uh, for Nick Chubb, uh, you know, because he was slamming into walls last week, it seemed.
2: Yeah, it didn't get up to the start we would have liked to have seen. Or well, maybe this is better. If you have Hyde, you're probably happy about it because this is going to be a problem. with the, I I don't think the Browns would have signed Hyde if they knew they were going to draft Chubb. You know, I think that they're both the same kind of running back. I think Chubb's the guy you probably assume, they drafted him, so you assume he's going to get shot at it. But you signed Hyde. I think Hyde's one and done no matter what. He won't be with the team next year. It'll be Chubb and uh, Duke Johnson. Uh, It's another situation, Scott, where if, if I had a choice, which one of these three guys to draft, I'll take Duke Johnson. I know what his role is. You know, and that that to me gives me some clarity. PPR league, uh, if you're wondering there, this I know what his job, what is what his role is going to be, what his job is going to, go, uh, to be. He's not going to be a touchdown guy. That's a concern. If I knew which one of Hyde and Chubb was going to be a touchdown guy, if there was just going to be one, I might change my mind on this. You
1: know, I'm looking forward to Week 15 between the Broncos and the Browns. Bradley Chubb versus Nick Chubb.
2: Oh God. Uh uh, I'm not going to say it. Okay, I'm not going to say the easy joke there. I'll, I'll pass on that. I'll be strong
1: and not say the Chubb joke. Uh,
2: Bradley Chubb. Right. You, you were yeah. talking about
1: Titter before, so uh, you know, I appreciate. Uh, you know, see you
2: the, that's f- like the cheerleader channel. You know, uh, I had a friend of mine who always believed that you know, like we have the Red Zone channel, that there should be the cheerleader channel on Sundays. You know, your fantasy team sucks that week. You're having a bad day. You know, nothing's going right. Your, your best player got hurt. You're going to lose your matchup here. Maybe even your favorite team is getting crushed. You have the cheerleader channel, and you get to watch all the different cheerleaders. This is a moneymaker, Scott. And <laughs> Titter would go perfect with the cheerleader channel.
1: All right, now you're getting too dangerous. I got to stop you. All right, stop it. I was smacking around there. He doesn't mean it. He's just joking. This is How money. I can't protect him. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on the Buffalo side, you, you, we don't know who's going to start, but I got to think it's Josh Allen at some point, you know, despite what Patrick, p- p- what uh, Jalen Ramsey says there. Uh, you know, Josh Allen had his moments la- last last week. You know, he threw an absolute bomb off his back foot. He is the most talented guy on that roster. Uh, Nathan Peterman had a good preseason last year and then looked disastrous during the regular season. Uh, you know, it. Look, Josh Allen was electrifying the building last week in Buffalo, and I think you know if he if he continues to show signs, you know the Bills are not going to get out of the gate well, and uh, he's going to start early in the season. Somebody maybe you want to like take on a late flyer in a two QB league because you know he's got a gunslinger mentality and he's going to throw the ball downfield. And uh, you know Kelvin Benjamin, if he stays healthy this year. He could have a respectable year. He had a he had a respectable first uh, game in the preseason, but maybe felt it was a revenge game against the Panthers.
2: Yeah, that was uh, and Cam Newton uh, approaching him before the game. That was uh, that was fantastic last week uh, to go over there, and try and iron out their differences, which didn't work out. The Bills are going to be a bad team. I mean, really, off the top of my head, Scott, uh, or actually off the top of your head, is there a worse team in the NFL?
1: Is there a worst team in the NFL than Buffalo? Miami, I think, is.
0: Going to they same are. thing, yeah.
2: And you wonder why New England wins this division year after year. I mean, unbelievable. Jets aren't all that much better either. Uh, but yeah, Miami came to mind as well. That's maybe they're one of the uh, one of the worst teams in the NFL. But uh, Buffalo, they've got some work to do. If I'm Buffalo, it's really this simple for me. Josh Allen starts as soon as I legitimately believe he's ready. If that's Week One, fine. Week Four, Week Eight, whatever it is. There's nobody there holding him back. All right, Peterman, come on. Um, McCarran, uh, granted, I think he probably deserved a shot at some point, but he doesn't seem to be the answer either. As soon as Josh Allen is ready to go, he starts with me. It's, re- it's really that simple here. I'm not expecting big things out of him. You mentioned uh, two quarterback leagues, super flex league. You want to take him as a quarterback three? No issues with that whatsoever. We're taking every quarterback as a quarterback three. got to cover your bye weeks in these uh, in those leagues. Josh Allen does have a rocket for an arm, doesn't always know where it's going, you know, but. uh. He's a, guy, he's a guy I want to see. Buffalo mentioned during the draft that uh, the reason they chose him, I believe over Rosen, was because of his arm. And they believe the Buffalo weather in you know, November and December, they needed a strong arm. Get that. Don't know if that should be a tiebreaker if, you're the, if you think the other quarterbacks better in every other way. But, uh, like I said, two quarterback leagues, super flex, I'm fine with taking him late. But don't expect big things.
1: Speaking of suck, the Dolphins are at the Panthers uh, tonight, and you know you want to see what Ryan Tannehill, who's he going to start connecting with now that Jarvis Landry is 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 going to be out? You know Danny Amendola doesn't stretch the field, he doesn't stay healthy. Uh, you know, Albert Wilson is a, is a never was. Devonte Parker has disappeared. Mike Gasicki might be an over his head as a rookie. You know, this is a bad-looking offense. Uh, like I keep saying, one of the Dolphin beat writers thinks that Kenyon Drake is actually going to lead the team in receptions this year.
2: I guess it wouldn't show. I mean, uh, there's not really much to add there. Devontae Parker's already hurt, got the broken finger. Uh, Tannehill has had some chemistry with Kenny Stills. That's worked in the past. So Stills could be a play there. Once again, a uh, depth. Not someone you want starting for, with but uh, Kenny yeah. Stills. Yes, he's, he's best in best ball. You know, yeah, if you if you had yeah, a choice there, but far, definitely, but uh, yeah, that's that's what he, he's really geared to. But you put it, I mean, I, I can't argue here. I mean, there's a, there's nothing really to love here. Can't Ken, Ken, even Kenyon Drake. There are some uh, beat writers there. I believe Kalen, Kalen Belange is going to be a, at least a touchdown guy there. He's going to steal those from Drake. That would be incredibly annoying uh, because Drake, he's a running back too, low end running back too, and if he's not getting touchdowns though. I mean, you already mentioned this offense is going to be pretty bad. I mean, I don't know how many yards he's going to get up on the ground. Plus, Frank Gore is going to get his a certain share of touches here. Then I'm just going to forget about him. Uh, as a Drake, I have as a, as a, have as a running back to Scott, but he's not someone I want to draft. He's the kind of guy where if I'm going to draft and Scott Angle took Drake, I'm like, yes, someone else made that decision for me. Because I don't think I really want
1: him. I think Drake's going to be very busy. Balazs is off to a terrible start in the preseason with already a fumble and getting kicked out of the huddle. You know, if anything, Frank Gore might be the guy to steal a few carries away. But I think Drake's going to be very, very busy. If this team is in games, he'll be a factor. If they're playing from behind, they'll be throwing to him. So Kenyon Drake, to me, is a pretty good RB2 pick. For the Panthers, you know, you want to see, uh, you, know, you want to see – how much C.J. Anderson gets involved here? Because uh, you know the Dolphins are very vulnerable. I think against the run, uh, you know you want to see how the rookie wide receiver continues to look here. Uh, and you know Greg Olson's healthy again, and Ian Thomas is a guy that I certainly have an eye on in dynasty leagues. We actually had our waiver run in my dynasty league the other night, and I got Ian Thomas for a few bucks and put him on my practice squad. This is the eventual successor to Greg Olson.
2: God, I got to take a look at when my waivers run in my dynasty league. I didn't even think about that. It's a little early, though, isn't it? Do you, do you guys run waivers again?
1: Or just the last time before week one? Uh, waivers run every day now.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. So your leagues just run differently. Okay. I think in our league, uh, yeah. the, it runs once before week <laughs> one, and that's it. So, uh, okay. So now I, I don't have to No,
1: and then we got to. We have we have a cut down date at the end of the thirty first. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yes, totally. Marco Murray better be signed before then. He's on your I team. Huh? RB, I have a problem. With my R B. I have a problem my R B two. It's like my wide receivers are Antonio Brown, Baldwin, and Thielen, and I have no problem there. Kamara. But in my R B two, my best guy right guys right now are Naheem Hines and Devontae Booker.
2: No, let's see. You're rooting for Hines, there. Yeah, you got a problem. You're right. Uh I love dynasty. I leagues. do, I but it's it. like
1: it's like I I don't I don't want to trade any of my wide receivers to get a running back right now either.
2: No, neither would I. You're sort of robbing people. I don't, to pay I don't want to break that team. up. You know. No, don't blame you. I don't think I would look to do that either. I love dynasty leagues. If you can get into a good dynasty league where it's going to last, man, there. Even if you have a bad team, it's fun building it back up. Yeah, my dynasty league. Uh, uh, my team was bad. It took me about two years to build it back up, and now uh, I've become the Buffalo Bills as far as I've lost a championship game in the last two years. Frustrating as all hell, but uh, it's just a lot of fun to take pride in building your team up, and to, whether it's through a draft or through trades or whatever it might be. Uh, I enjoy dynasty leagues. I enjoy keeper leagues a whole lot as well. Just, once again, an extra layer of strategy, which I enjoy. As for the Panthers, you know, Scott, can they stay healthy? They've been banged up this uh, this summer. A lot of injuries here at Carolina. Not to the, really their uh their main players. Olson, he's over the injury from last year. So he looks fine. Who's going to emerge as their uh, wide receiver, too? Any Funches? I'm not so sure he's a true NFL wide receiver one, but he is their one. And a guy I don't mind taking as a uh, wide receiver three in fantasy. Torrey Smith is another boomer bust guy. You know, uh, best for mostly best ball. Bust. DJ yeah. Moore. <laughs> uh, yes, mostly bust. DJ Moore. Any love for DJ Moore?
1: He could be a Jarvis Landry type eventually. He's, you know, got really good hands and makes things happen after the catch. Uh, to me, he's going to be a wide receiver five at best, though, in his rookie year. Uh, you know, kind of guy that on a third down, you know, when Newton's going to his regressions, you know, some of his bigger targets are not open. That he'll definitely throw to.
2: I would agree. Like I said I, I'm not uh, going to be taking him in any uh, leagues. i uh, 14th round flyer, maybe. But uh, I don't trust Newton enough. Uh, Newton, uh, his accuracy really comes into question a lot. I don't know if he can get on the ball on any kind of consistent regular basis there. My next question, uh, Christian McCaffrey, run CMC. Are you, a, are you a Christian McCaffrey guy? Do you gravitate toward him You stay away? I have problems with him, Scott, because, once again, PPR, you know he's going to catch his balls. North Turner, I'm sure will do well, uh, get him significantly involved in the offense. But touchdowns? I think there'll be few and far between unless he's uh you know, catching that twelve yard touchdown reception.
1: Yeah, he's not a goal line guy, even though he got one last week. That's I think that's why they acquired CJ Anderson. But you know, I think you can see him having about eight, nine total touchdowns when you total rushing in receptions. Uh you know, PPR though, I think there's a very high floor there.
2: Yeah, he's a guy, uh, I know. I just don't see him having being on too many of my teams. He is my—I think I am at 12 or 13 as far as uh, running back one or running back two. So uh, I'm interested, but in the end, I think he's a guy who I just—I end up shying away from. And it's not just him. It's guys who aren't touchdown—the touchdown guys. You know, I like guys because I think if you're a touchdown guy, your floor is raised a little bit. I know you're going to get some scores. You may not get the yards, but you're going to get some scores. And sooner or later, I just wonder with this Carolina offense, it was, it's just going to have some issues here. If teams can cover just they're going to try and take McCaffrey away. I don't know. I don't know if the—there's uh, a lot of— questionable parts not a lot of speed here. This is one of the reasons why they got more and that concerns me
1: and uh you're know, taking a look at uh the, the last game for tonight it's the cardinals and the saints josh rosen had a very uneven performance and faces a tough defense tonight at least if he goes against the first team at all uh you know, christian kirk we really haven't seen anything from you want to watch the rookies in this game for the cardinals David Johnson, although it's not a great offensive line, you know, I guess David Johnson doesn't need the greatest offensive line because he had two really nice runs to open up the game last week. And uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, to me, he's a top-ten tight end who's not getting drafted like one.
2: Top-ten tight end is Ricky Seals-Jones. Who are
1: you taking out? Who am I taking out? Let's see. Uh, I'm going to go to my ranks while you talk about Ricky Seals-Jones. Right, Ricky Seals Jones, uh, I assume Bradford's
2: going to start there. You mentioned Rosen having a, uh, uh, a tough preseason, which is not surprising for a rookie quarterback. Probably, Jeff Bradford is, man, you, we, we know the injury's coming. And that's always concerning here. Yeah, not a lot to throw to after Larry Fitzgerald. You know, it's, it's going to be a David Johnson show there over and over again. I, I do like Ricky Seals Jones, and he would be a, a sleeper tight end. I don't have him in my top 10. Because you've got to put him in the top 10. I mean, right now, in my top 10, Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, Olsen, Walker, Ingram, Rudolph. Graham. I do have Jordan Reed in there. And now I have Jack Doyle in there. So I have Trey Burton just outside of it. Najoku just outside of it. Kittle out just outside of it. I did have Kittle in at one time until he separated the shoulder. Eifert. Tight end is a little deeper than we think. so uh, uh, Which is why I'm, I'm fine waiting on a tight end. So if you have Ricky Silas jones in there, I assume you're taking Jordan Reed out.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Gronkowski, Kelsey, Ertz, uh, then after that, uh, I'd probably go Evan Ingram, Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, uh, Delaney Walker, Kyle Rudolph, uh, then Jack Doyle. Uh, you know, who I really like at uh, at number nine. And after that, you know, Seals Jones might be my tenth. Uh, Trey yeah, Burton, I, I said I a... you know. Trey Burton's in a new offense, playing a more prominent role. He's probably probably my eleventh, and I. You know, Najoku is probably uh, going to be my twelfth, and I, I don't even know if I want Jordan Reed in my top twelve.
2: I said I won't draft uh, Reed. I, I have him nine. I'm uh, fairly certain. I, I can't draft him. I, 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 it's a shame because I love the talent. And you know, if he can play fourteen, sixteen, he's going to be a top three, top five tight end. He is that kind of player. But uh, you know, the injuries are coming. So uh, I don't blame I don't blame you at all for taking him out, out of your top ten. Not at all. So I said uh, I'd have a tough time drafting him. Najoku is somebody who uh, I, I, I don't want to say I'm targeting, but for as long as I'm going to wait on tight ends, he's going to be there in a lot of leagues. And I do like him. I, actually, I'm annoyed he caught the two touchdowns last week because when he was dropping all the passes in practice, that was great. His value was going to go fall even further. Now that he caught the two passes, everyone's talking about him again. And... Uh, his value will rise. Ricky Seals-Jones, though, I'm not going to have him there. He's a guy, uh, even if I like him, hey, he can wait till round 14. He should be there in the majority of leagues. But uh, it's not so much Jones. Eventually, they will make the switch, or Bradford will get hurt, and they'll have no choice, and they're going to Rosen. So that's going to, that's going to be enough reason. Once you change to the rookie quarterback, that always, and I always downgrade almost everybody on the offense, to what's, with the exception of maybe the running back, because he's going to have some issues there. So that's my issue with Ricky Seals-Jones. He'll be a fine. He'd be a guy, Scott, if I did draft Reed, I don't mind pairing him with Jones. Ricky, Se- uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. I, I, I don't I think mind. I Same thing.
1: Yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones is 6'5", 248 with quickness. I think he's going to be a top red zone target for them. I could see about eight touchdown receptions for him. And probably, uh, you know, the third pass catcher on this team but up behind David Johnson and Fitzgerald. So I like him a lot. Uh, on the state side of the ball, you know, not a whole lot to watch here, but I do want to see, you know, Cameron Meredith still banged up. Uh, you know, I want to see how Traquan Smith gets involved because I feel like Cameron and Meredith, uh, you know, we saw get banged up last year. I don't know if he can stay healthy or not. You know, that's still a question in my mind. And Traquan Smith, you know, I think, uh, you know, maybe kid of the future here. I like this rookie Big target who knows how to shield his body from defenders, can make tough catches in traffic. I'm interested to see what kind of role Traquan Smith can play this year.
2: Yeah, because once again, get another uh, best ball guy that I'd I prefer there. Meredith returned to practice. He had, a, I don't want to say mysterious injury, but he was uh, out part of this week. and We didn't know what it was. It looks like it was related to the knee, which is somewhat concerning again that he's not quite over this. I like Cameron Meredith. I do, but I need to see this guy on the field. He's the kind of guy I would I'd want to watch in preseason, you know, see what he's uh, is is getting out of his cuts. Does he have the same burst? That sort of thing, because I think he could be uh, in for a really nice season. I don't. I'm not really. Gin's a deep guy. He's going to take the safety with him. That's what his role in the offense. We all know Mike Thomas is going to get. You know, Mike Thomas and Kamara are going to eat up a whole lot of targets there. But someone else has to be there, and I think Cameron Mather could be that guy. But it's concerning that he can't stay on the field right now.
1: Yeah, six games on Saturday. Uh, opening up tomorrow afternoon with the Jaguars and the Vikings, which would be a hell of a battle if it was uh, the regular season. But I, I really want to see Kirk Cousins against that first-team Jaguars defense.
2: It'll be a vanilla. They they'll, they won't uh, do anything as far as trying to stop them. But yeah, if that was a regular season game, you talking about maybe the two best defenses in the NFL. That'd be fun. That would certainly be fun there.
1: Uh, you know, did,
2: uh, did Jalen Ramsey talk about Cousins at all?
1: Yeah, he said... I don't think uh, he did. He, he said positive things about him, yeah. He said really? he's a winner. Yeah. Cousins is a winner? To, there's nothing to see there, really. Uh, but you want to watch the Jaguars receiving core to... Uh, you know, to see who steps forward there, a lot of people see assume it's going to be Moncrief and Marquise Lee, but you know, DJ Chark and uh, you know the rookie, and also Deidee Westbrook have had very good preseasons. Maybe this is this thing could be like uh, you know an addition process throughout the preseason.
2: Yeah, I think once again, uh, for me, I'm going to take Marquise Lee because I'm, I'm conservative, safe. I think he's the safer guy there. Yeah. He's another frustrating player; he gets hurt in a lot of games. Westbrook has the upside. And uh, I can understand people taking that. And he's a guy where if he's available around 13, 14, I'm taking a shot on him. See what happens. Uh, Keaton Cole, I kind of like him as well. I just uh, don't know what his role is going to be there. DJ Chalk, they drafted. They bring along Dante Moncrief. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen here. You know, it's almost like trying to guess which one will be Bortles' favorite target outside of Lee. That's why I'm going with Lee. I think he'll be the safest, uh, the safest pick here. As far as concern, wide receiver four conservative. I know what I'm going to get week in and week out. Cole, Westbrook, Chark, Moncrief. I think they're more uh, more guessing games for me. Moncrief, I'm going to have nothing to do with. I can tell you that. Westbrook is the guy I want next.
1: Yeah, the Raiders and the Rams at uh, four o'clock. You know, if Derek Carr stays healthy, uh, I think he could have a nice bounce back year. Uh, you know, uh, Gruden's really making him like you know in charge of this offense. High character guy, high football IQ. Uh, you know, I, I think a healthy Derek Carr could threaten to be a QB1 this year.
2: I, I don't know if I'll go that high. I think he could threaten to be a high-end quarterback, too. Uh, I do have some faith here that he'll turn it around, although I'm not I'm not a true Derek Carr believer that he ever really was. I think he had one great year. You know, everything went wrong in Oakland last year. The offensive line didn't play well. The running yeah. game took a half season to figure it out. So, Amari Cooper's dropping passes. Crabtree's fighting to keep to leave. Uh, Keith, Leib. so uh, maybe is it a bad year. One of those years where everything went wrong, and things will go back to normal this year. But uh, I, I have my doubts here. I have once again, quarterback two, no issues whatsoever. I'll take him as my second quarterback in every league. I don't know in today's football how deep it is if he has the ability to be a quarterback one.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it depend on Amari Cooper too, and how well he plays, and if Jordy, how much Jordy Nelson has left at age thirty-three.
2: There's a lot of questions there. Cooper, can he uh, raise his game? Jordy Nelson, you said there's everything left. Martavius Bryant, is he going to be suspended, not be suspended? Can he get rid of these headaches? Can he run the right routes? I mean, there's there's a lot of question marks in this uh, wide receiver core.
1: All right, George, always fun working with you outside of the uh, Chris Hogan conversations.
2: Yeah, and I, I love the way you remember these things. I would, would have never thought about that again, but thanks for bringing it up.
1: There you go. Uh, when will we hear you next?
2: Tomorrow, uh, Joe Galina, Fantasy Jesus, 3-6 to six on the weekend update.
1: All right. God gave George Kurtz to you. He gave rock and roll to you. And he gave the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football package on rotoexperts.com to you. Enter the king at checkout for a special discount. Enjoy the preseason. Be back with Mike Blewett on Monday.